eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest <laughs> With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. (laughs) And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? (laughs) Hannibal! 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 Mr. Dot Commer on WEI.com. Breaking down the Patriots. 33-21 loss to the Bills, uh, dropping them to 9-6 on the year and seemingly eliminating them from AFC East uh, contention for the division, assuming Buffalo takes care of business the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, this was essentially... On paper, an AFC title championship game, hat and T-shirt game. I think CBS had it. Winner of the game had at least an 88% chance of winning the division. That's the Bills. Patriots have still have a 12% chance, according to their numbers. And I said to you, Post, I don't rule out the Bills stumbling because they're still the Bills. But um, I was mocked roundly on our uh, pregame show for calling this a legacy game for Josh Allen. Um but I think that's what it like. He came out and I saw even he had some comments post game running into the tunnel about who the F do they think I am or something like that. But um, that was an MVP caliber put. That was a quarter of a billion dollar guy putting his team on his back and saying, I'm going to throw, I'm going to run. I'm going to be great today because we need great. And the Patriots played the willing victim by not being great for the second. You know, our podcast called off day podcast. I think you could argue the last two games, the Patriots have had off days and uh, lost the game. So, yeah, it's Patriots have hit a wall. Patriots are stumbling. Um, But I'm going to I'm going to probably surprise some people here. I don't think it's that bad. And my example would be you had a chance to make a play in Indy. You were still in the game in the fourth quarter. You didn't Mm -hmm. make the play. And I would say, and I said this to you, third and 10, Buffalo 25, 726 to play. Patriots trailing 26-21. You get that stop there. You got a ball game. You got a. I was going to go with that. That drive was kind of indicative of the entire game. Correct. Still in the game. Um, They converted two third and tens and then a fourth and one. 
And so that was the Patriots defense not getting a stop when they needed to, but also Josh Allen making the plays when he needed to in crunch time, you know, and he credit to him and the Buffalo offense, both those third and 10 completions, Miles Bryant was the guy uh, closest to the offensive player that made the catch. As William the Conqueror Belichick said today, story of the game, third down, those conversions, couldn't get off the field. But for, for me, it's just um, more proof of what we've talked about, that are the Patriots a great team? No. Are they out of it? No. They're a team that has limited margin for error. When they don't play well, when they don't get the few plays they need, they're going to lose. But if they get that stop, they get the Jonathan Taylor stop, you know, a couple – J.C. Jackson hangs on to either interception the last two weeks. We could be talking about a team that's cruising on a nine-game winning streak toward the no, – no, 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 let me rephrase that. We'd be talking about a team that's on a nine-game winning streak. I wouldn't say cruising. I would say played poorly, showed some chinks in their armor, like different things, like, but they'd be winning. They're not that far from winning these two games, and that would be – it kind of falls in line with my – any team that makes it in the AFC has a chance to, to get hot and win because – Buffalo's the same thing. Buffalo's, when they're losing, they're not that bad. When they're winning, they're not that but good. The only thing with Buffalo is you kind of could make an argument that they're hitting their stride and playing their best football, fighting themselves, whereas the Patriots are kind of going in the other direction. That would certainly be my argument for Chiefs, Bills, Colts, teams that at some Titans. point – Throw them in there. Well, but the Titans are still a weird wild card to me with Derrick Henry, what he is. They but showed me something the other night, though, but – yeah. Chiefs, Bills, Colts to me are teams that at one point were Super Bowl contenders. At one point were like, huh, maybe they're not as good as I thought. Maybe, oh, nope, they're good again. And maybe they're hitting their stride. And we've talked about this all year. I keep saying this is a Giants year. This is a year where somebody's going to get hot in December and into January. And that's going to be your Super Bowl representatives and champions. Um, but from a Patriots perspective, I think a lot of this is going to fall uh, unfairly. On the or, or maybe fairly, we can debate, um, on the shoulders of number 10, I, where I would say that I this is going to sound disrespectful to him and whatever, he'll get over it if he hears it. Um, I don't know if he's a good quarterback, a very good quarterback, a jag quarterback, but right now he's a jag quarterback, just a guy. He's like, he's fine, but he's not great. He can't carry you. But I would also say if you have that, a rookie, we'll call him for right now, average jag quarterback. Everybody else on the offense can't be average Jags. You have to have somebody that makes plays, somebody that can step up. So as an offense, ironically, as they prepare to take on the Jacksonville Jags, um, I just think they're a Jag offense right now, other than maybe the run game. And even the run game hasn't proven good enough to carry it in good games against well, good opponents. Well, the problem opponents. with that is, and it came up yesterday, you can't run the ball. You can't play the game on your terms when you're trailing early on. Right. That's, what, that's what was so important. And yep. so key to that win streak was they never trailed. They controlled right. the game. And now we've seen two straight weeks, even more so against the Colts, where you fall behind by two scores and you just can't you can't play the game with the way you want to play. Right. They have to play on their script, which is score first, play from in front, don't turn the ball over, run the ball first, then use the passing game as a complementary factor. Um, you know, I'm getting ready to host on our station with Brian Barrett, and he's big numbers guy. So he's got a lot of numbers on his notepad. I saw before we uh, came to this podcast and he's, you know, all the numbers of running game in wins, running game in losses, running game in wins is like 160 yards per game up by like 35 rushes per game, barely a hundred yards per game down in the mid twenties in losses. 
Same for Mac. Losses, he throws the ball 40 times or whatever, and wins, he throws it 25 times. It's like dramatic. And that's just numerically showing the truth that, that they are, they're capable, but not capable of overcoming, I guess. And it, it goes back to early in the year. Same story, right? Like you're one play away, one stop away, one mistake away. Mm-hmm. Now I would say they've actually been a little sloppier over the last couple of weeks against good opponents, but sloppier in terms of penalties, turnovers, ugly plays at times, you know, even little ugly plays. You and I talked about it and I saw, you know, we have the live eye, I'll call it. Mike Reese has the uh, replay eye, but that play early on where Singletary runs right through Duggar and Dante Hightower puts Dante Hightower on his bleeping back. And I think Hightower just assumed that the tackle was made or it was going out of bounds. But that play to me was sort of symbolic of something. And I don't know exactly what it is, but their Jag running back, they're just ran right through two of your best defenders, supposedly. For the second straight week, the opposing came out and punched you in the mouth. You weren't ready for it. Mm-hmm. And as you wrote on our website, you kind of lost your cool at various times. Like you like were the very uh, like, and I don't want to hear it like, oh, they were standing up for the quarterback. Well, you can stand up for your quarterback and not get a 15-yard penalty. Well, here's where I will defend David Andrews. Like, to me, that's not a penalty. I'm it's, talking more about I would agree. I'm more about the Trent Brown one. Like, just don't just shut your mouth. Like, go and pancake block him if you're so pissed off the next play. And the Trent Brown one looked to me more than the Andrews one. It looked to me like because the ref is right there. Like maybe the ref gave like an ultimatum. Shut up. Don't say one yeah, more I word. Or I'm this, this was like minutes after the play. Right. Whereas the David Andrews one, that play is as old as football itself. Quarterback gets hit with questionable hit. Offensive lineman comes and gets in face of defensive play. Like, I don't think you can take that out of foot. He didn't throw a punch. He didn't knock the guy on his ass. He just did a little of the, you know, the face mask to face yeah, mask. I don't think Bill agreed with that one either, just based on his. I don't. That, that, you got to let him play. You got to let him be emotional. You got to let him be reasonable. Um, and and I know still... we're, we're both getting killed for our takes on the, the Mac Jones late hit. Like we both, no, we, both thought, we both thought the flag should have been picked up. We both thought that Hughes was trying to limit him from falling. And, you know, Patriots fans don't believe that's the case. They thought it was intentional and it's horse collar. Okay. So it wasn't intentional. You cannot call unnecessary roughness and you cannot call a horse collar. The only thing you can call is a hit out of bounds. Yes. Now it's close. It's very close. And I said to you, I'm, we're starting to see, we saw um, Zach Wilson, I think go 52 yards for a touchdown because of this type of play. Oh, don't touch the quarterback. He's going to run out of, uh Oh, he didn't run out of bounds. Now, Mac's different. Mac's not as good an athlete, different, whatever. But I would just ask Patriots fans a simple question that they're not capable of answering because I've worked with Fitzy and he's their symbolic president or whatever. Um, If that was Matthew Judon doing the hitting, would you want that to be a penalty? Of course. Do you think that's a penalty? No chance. 100 out of 100 would say, no, no. He was actually trying to hold him up. But they see it through their rose, you know, Patriots, sunglasses, whatever. I just don't, and don't give me the Miles Bryant penalty in Buffalo. Two wrongs don't make a right. Because a bad penalty was called in Buffalo, I don't want that as precedent for more bad penalties in the future. Like, no, that's, I don't want that to ever be a penalty. And a side note here, again, Mac, if you're listening, you may not like this. Um, Stop being a soccer player. I I could do without the selling of, of hits and being like a, 
a rich boy soccer player. Oh, they touched me. I'm going to go in the fetal position. Did I get the flag? Okay, I'm going to hop up now. Like, I, I can't stand that. I couldn't stand it when Brady did it with Ray Lewis running by him and like calling for flags. If you get hit, you get hit, take the flag, move on. Um, yeah, but back I to that, just to that general point, the Patriots were like bitching after like every call yesterday. It seemed like, like it was, that was like the bills. Like I thought. Oh yeah. And Bill Rolls, Belichick lost his cool was yelling a lot. Roles were reversed. There was a couple of plays that early on, I thought Sean McDermott could have lost his mind and he didn't like the, the Josh Allen uh, tipped past at the goal line. McDermott and Josh Allen were talking to the referee during the timeout, and I figured McDermott would, you know, lose his mind. Just a conversation. Like, sure, he was upset with the call, but he didn't, you know, get Rose in the face and take it out. Like, he didn't wasn't the scene on the sideline that he was in the past, where you had the opposite, where you got Patriots, you know, players getting in the face of Bills players, getting flagged after every special teams play. It seemed like you the Chase Windovich or Matthew Slater was begging for flags. Like, just not the usual Patriots type football. And by design for Buffalo. And I give, people were mocking um, Sean McDermott for his post-game comments last week. Like, we all know what's next and who's next. And like, oh, he's not saying the, I think he handled the week perfectly. He said, we effed up last time. We lost our cool. We focused too much on them and jawing and this and that and Bill Belichick and the Patriots. This week, they focused on themselves controlling themselves their composure and we know that starts with McDermott I said it last week if he loses his cool on the sideline that just opens the door for every other player to lose their cool when he maintains his cool in situations early on that he might normally lose his cool or open the door for someone to lose their cool sends a message they focused even um the answer being asked about the let's not go overboard about Bill Belichick post game the first time when he said it was 100% about us. I don't believe him. It wasn't at the time. But his message for the week is it's 100% about us. It's about us doing our job, controlling what we can, you know, all these cliches that people think belong to only Belichick, but most coaches use them. Um, I think that's what he did this week. And you're right. The the dumb penalties, the, the emotion, the bitching to the refs, all of that came from the home sideline, much like it did in Buffalo come from the home sideline. And the road team showed more composure more fire, um, but a controlled fire. Like I didn't think they played timid or, or like reserved, but they kept it to within the confines of the competition, not like bitching and moaning and sulking. Now I will say when you don't punt, when you don't leave the field, when when you're playing from ahead and playing well, red zone and seven of your nine drives, whatever it was. Yeah. It's, it's easier to do that. Like I always say, it's easy to play from ahead. It's easy to be the team rolling. You you learn about people when they are the team that's facing um, adversity. And again, I'll we'll get back to Patriots didn't pack it in. They, they made it a one score game late and then give the Colts, give the bills credit. They closed the door. They said, no, we're a good team too. We're a playoff team. We're going, we're competing to go somewhere special this year. And they got the job done. Uh, defensively, Miles Bryant was picked on the entire game. And I think yep. that just comes back to I wrote it in the, my 10 thoughts after the game for the first time since Dallas, you could say they missed Stephon Gilmore, which is a credit to the Patriots for how the season's gone. But we all knew this was going to come up at some point. Like they just have no depth in secondary. When you have Miles Bryant out there and you have a 2019 second round pick inactive, another rookie from this year, Sean Wade inactive, and you have Miles Bryant and D'Angelo Ross as your depth at cornerback, that's going to happen against a good offense and a good quarterback. 
and you and I said it at that time, that key third and 10 in the, the fourth quarter, I said, if he doesn't look to number 19, first, second, and third option here, he's out of his mind. And 19 just dragged across the field. He waited for him to cross. Boom, 17 yards, first down. I think he actually went to him on like the next snap too for another 15 <laughs> yards. Um, it, and the difference between Dallas, okay, it's one thing to get exposed by Cooper and Lamb and that passing offense. This is Isaiah McKenzie, who may or may not be active on any given week, depending on the last time they played. Right. So, although when I watched him run, I'm like, this guy's inactive. Like, it looked fast to me. <laughs> like, Probably he's running for some end arounds or something in that game. Yes. Um, which I think is symbolic of the lack of playmakers on the Patriots offense. Like, uh, yes. You know, all those numbers we saw where every Patriot receiver is quicker than every other NFL receiver and gets faster, this and that, like obviously Isaiah McKenzie is not included in those numbers. Cause to tell me that Jacoby Myers is faster than Isaiah McKenzie, you can get the F out of here with your next gen stats. Um, I have eyeballs. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. Um, but yeah, like, and I joked because again, getting back to the offense, not just Mac, not, you know, nobody played well, nobody was getting open. You had some limitations with no Aguilar, although, we can say that it's not like Aguilar has been a key factor in the passing game. Very no, often. just Nikhil Harry played the most offensive snaps, which I think is <clears> never <throat> a good thing. Uh, born. I, I was saying like during the game, it felt like they were limiting his snaps because of missing the entire week of practice, but that's what he's played all year, right around 50% of the snaps. It was 47%. Right, but, but with Aguilar out, he would bumped yeah. up. Now I also just don't know, was that he didn't practice or was that, did he have any, um, limitations physically because of COVID or whatever and like not feeling right um now he looked okay to me like just visually um but that was disappointing and certainly the you know anytime you're counting on I mean Tom Brady learned that you don't throw slants to Nikhil Harry I believe in Nikhil Harry's first game down in Houston may not have been his first game it was one of his first games down in Houston um that's a lesson Mac Jones is learning and focusing I you know jump balls late where you got to have it play okay give him a chance but Within the confines of a um, fine-tuned offense, I think we see that Nikhil Harry is still Nikhil Harry. Um, so, yeah, I, like, they had digs. They were down weapons. Like, people forget that. They lost – they were without an offensive lineman. They lost an offensive lineman. Then they don't have – They're um, losing two of their top four receivers, maybe even right. top three receivers. One of their top four receivers sucked in Emmanuel Sanders, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they did – and they had a guy step up in McKenzie. Like, just make plays and step up. Um, because somebody texted me like, oh, nobody's getting open for Mac and no, weapons aren't good. And I was like, yeah, they need an all pro like Isaiah McKenzie to get open. But you're right. They found Isaiah McKenzie on Miles Bryant and they took full advantage. And JC Jackson was not great against Diggs. No. He was fine. He was competitive early. That was one of those. I remember Malcolm Butler had a day like that where against AB, it was like, oh, he wasn't terrible against it. Well, yeah, and he finished with like seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Like, you got toasted on the goal line for a touchdown that anyone could have caught. And it looked like he gave up after the play, honestly. If you want to be a Hall of Fame, all pro kind of corner, like, you don't give up those days often, if at all. Um, so, yeah, they, they got beat by the better football team that day. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't know how you could. Well, kind of like you were saying earlier, the Bill, I think McDermott's message to the team. We know, like, we are better than the Patriots. Just don't make any mistakes to level the playing field. Just play your game and you will win. Like, I think that's the – they're the better team. Like, there's – you can't sit here and tell me that, like, 
on paper or even on the field that the Bills are not are worse than the Patriots. They're just a better team. And that's okay. Like the Patriots have a rookie quarterback. They're still getting back to where they thought they were going to be. Like I don't want to call it a rebuild, but there's not a finished product. They still know that they had holes. And that just comes um, back to where things are going. And the Bills are supposed to be better. They they won the oh, division right. last they're, year. They're they're they're, the they're, they're, a, a set, they're at the not their peak, but they're more up the mountain where the Patriots are still climbing. Okay, so let me ask you a question, because I said earlier, I still think the Patriots could go to an AFC title game. I still think they're capable of winning games in the postseason. Yeah, I'm going to ask you another big picture question. So I wrote a column about a month ago that, or maybe not even quite that much, that Bill Belichick's rebuild more impressive than Tom Brady's title run. And I, a big part of that was he found a quarterback. Any doubts that he found his quarter? Any doubts seeping in that maybe Mac's not as good as we thought a month ago? He's not as good as we thought a month ago. No, but I don't. I, they found their quarterback. I don't think he's as going to be as good as people. Some people thought. Like I think he's still like the Andy Dalton type. Like how many Pro Bowls did Andy Dalton make? I don't know. A couple. Like he's not he going to the be playoffs. Guy. He went to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Right. He's not going to be a guy that's going to make you know six, seven Pro Bowls. But I think he's an average quarterback that isn't going to lose you games. And if you surround him with talent, talent around him, he will succeed. If you're asking so, him to be the, the big part of the offense and making it better on his own, no, I don't think he's that guy. So the bigger problem is he has a $12 million tight end, a $12 million tight end, a $12 million receiver that may not be as good as their paychecks say they are. Or let me just, who aren't as good as their paychecks say they are. Yeah, I think that, so that, that's valid. Like if you gave yeah. Mac Jones a number one receiver – I don't, I don't want to throw a name out there, but a number one receiver. Yeah, I think he'd, he'd be better than, he, than he's been, especially these last two games. If and you had a, yeah, and if you had a – if Jonu Smith was playing to what they thought he would be, where a guy would help a rookie quarterback with making short passes and him making yards after the catch, yeah, he'd be better there too. So it's about – I think Mac is what we thought, or at least what I thought he was going to be, a game manager that would, wouldn't lose you many games – but also wouldn't win you many games in the same breath. Yeah, no, I and I don't close the door on development. And, you know, funny thing, we've seen him run more the last two weeks. We can say whether that's good or bad. Maybe he's running for his life and whatever. Because um, I thought, just visually, I thought he never settled in. I thought he looked skittish. He was uncomfortable, rattled. Um, so it, that's fine. He's a rookie quarterback. He hit the rookie wall. Rodney Harrison said he's overwhelmed. Those are all fine. That doesn't mean yay or nay and we get caught up like this is a perfect example this week um mac jones another couple picks another loss struggling skittish uh oh justin herbert not as good as we thought he was justin herbert and the chargers fading oh joe burrow 500 and whatever yards passing maybe and just a side note joe burrow is quickly becoming my favorite quarterback in the nfl i i really like him i like his swagger cockiness and I think that's contagious. And I think they have enough talent for his, like, I think it was contagious at LSU. I think he like lifted them to special heights because of he's what Joe cool or whatever the hell they called him in the cigar. And he's special. And I don't know if Mac is special in his own way because he was special at Alabama. Will he be special? Um, I am somewhat interested in uh, a season finale of two averse Mac with, you know, potential ramifications. Um, I still don't totally understand all those playoff scenarios and ramifications and dolphins and Patriots and blah, 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 but popsicle headache a little bit, but I am, 
I do open the door a crack more toward Mac not as good as I thought he was now than I did two weeks ago. But you'd agree that he's their quarterback of the future. Like you're not saying that they're going to need to find a quarterback in the next couple of years in the draft. No, they have their quarterback for the foreseeable future. My question would be, are they going to get to year five and be the Cleveland Browns and say, huh, he's pretty good. We could definitely do worse. But is he the guy we want to build around, give a contract to, or we can we win a Super Bowl with this guy? I don't. Would you feel this is something I'm working on and going to write today for tomorrow. Do you think that the seven game win streak changed your thoughts and other people's thoughts, not only with Mac, but the team in general? Like, let's yes. just say that it was like split. Like they lost the game in there. Their record's still the same, but they things were flipped around that it didn't look so good for seven weeks. That things have changed in terms of the way people view. Mac Jones and the Patriots like people what was it three weeks ago they're oh the Patriots and Bucks have the highest percentage to meet in the Super Bowl like everybody's talking about Super Bowl here and now we're talking about making playoffs forget the highest percentage remember that one week where football outsiders put out that stupid thing where like five of the six most likely Super Bowls are the Patriots like what you have six scenarios and five of them include the Patriots not the Chiefs like it got stupid, even numerically, even computers were spitting out. If I believe them that they are actually like computer-based, stat-based, yeah. it got stupid. And yes, I do think it would have been looked at a little differently if they had dropped a game in there, especially if they had dropped, say, the LA game to the Chargers, which was a losable game. Like yep. going on the road, LA, buy, coming out of the bye for the Chargers. Like, But you didn't. You won those games and you built up momentum. Then the numbers were good. You were like best scoring defense, best mm-hmm. point differential, you know second best in takeaways second you started to build these really back had the best pass ratings and since you know five weeks five through ten something like that right so you really started to not only win but build all these numbers but we talked about at the time some of those were circumstantial and opponents and losses so yeah we got ahead of ourselves I'll, i'll admit i got ahead of myself not as far ahead as football outsiders and some other people did um we got ahead of ourselves on both the patriots and mac and now Wake up call, reality check, two weeks in a row here. But again, I'm not going the other way. I'm not overreacting the other way and saying they suck. They probably won't even make the playoffs. They, even if they do, they couldn't beat anybody. No, I think they could just as easily be one and done in the postseason as they could be two wins and they find themselves in a big game. Like, yeah, we'll see. So it depends how they execute. Have you heard it's about execution and consistency? Uh, gut thought right now, where the where does the Patriots season end? It's hard for me to say because I don't know the matchups, but I've had all along the divisional round as like, that's the season. Like you might make it there and fall on your face. Peter principle, you face just better competition. One of these games. Ooh, the bills are better. You face them, whatever. Right. It is, uh, it is matchup based. Cause on a wild card weekend, you could get the, the, the uh, Colts or you could get the, the Bengals in, in a game that they stink. Like, yeah. Or maybe I get the Titans and Derrick Henry's not Derrick Henry. Right. And I can control the game and play the game. Or maybe A.J. Brown gets hurt again early or something. Right. Right. Matchup based. But I've said for weeks now, like to me, they were right in that divisional round sort of line of demarcation, how good they are. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back later in the week. I don't know how much previewing of the Jaguars game we'll be doing. I'm sure it'll be more bigger picture looking ahead to the playoffs, Miami playoff scenarios. But they're playing the Jaguars. And, and uh, I was looking last night. What Bill Belichick will say is the Jaguars beat the – titans and the bills so they're capable of beating good teams and that's probably the message this week and paul perillo would say they lost their best offensive player to a torn achilles right before playing the patriots Uh, that's what i would be saying too so 
Uh, all right so we'll be back later in the week with the podcast wednesday or thursday most likely thursday um hope you enjoyed your christmas thanks for listening um we see you on twitter with your tweets during games and stuff we appreciate that we do appreciate it even if you're ripping us i'm here for twitter debate twitter mocking twitter trolling i'm okay with it i love it we want to interact i've never understood people who mute on twitter or turn off the screen on the text line in our studios if you want to interact with us we're in the business of supposedly interacting with listeners, callers, readers, fans. Feel free to interact. If I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. And you could be an idiot too. All right. Have a, have a good week. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.